Good evening, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Herb of the Week. I'm Jen, and today we're going to talk about elder. Disclaimer, everything I suggest here is not a diagnosis or treatment of illness. If you have concerns about the herbs I mentioned today, talk to your practitioner before you make any changes to your healthcare routine. So last week I talked about the many different benefits of jasmine, its long history of use and symbolism. If you missed that episode, it's still available for you to go back and check it out. So this week, there's been a lot going on in the media about coronavirus, and there's even more claims about herbal remedies to prevent this particular illness. I don't support any of those claims, and I'm not making any of those claims. I just want to make that clear right off the bat, that this episode is not about that. And I have no interest in talking about it. However, I love to talk about plants, so let's do that. This episode is all about elder, black elder to be exact. First, I'm going to describe to you what I like to refer to as the personality of the plant. Plants have individual characteristics, backgrounds, cultural uses, and histories. Consider this an introduction to a new friend. Listeners, meet my friend Sam. What? Who's Sam? Sambucus nigra is a species of flowering plants in the family Adoxaceae. Native to most Europe and North America, Common names include elder, elderberry, black elder, European elder, European elderberry, and European black elderberry. It grows in a variety of conditions, including both wet and dry fertile soils. Primarily in sunny locations, elder is cited as a poisonous plant for mammals, and we'll get into that in just a second. It's also a weed in certain habitats. This plant is commonly featured in hedgerows and scrublands, but also is widely grown as an ornamental shrub or a small tree. Both of the flowers and the berries have a long tradition of culinary use. The Latin specific epithet nigra means black and refers to the deeply dark purple color of the berries so dark they appear to be black when ripe. The English term for the tree name elder is not believed to come from the word old, but from the Anglo-Saxon eld, meaning fire, because the hollow stems of the branches were often used as bellows to blow air into a fire. The generic name Sambucus appears in ancient writings and is thought to be adapted from the Greek word Sambuca, which is an ancient stringed instrument commonly used among the Romans. It was said to have been constructed with the hard wood of the elder tree. The form of the elder branches lends itself to wind-type instruments as well. The dark purple berries are mildly poisonous in their raw state. Unripe berries, the seeds of the fruit, and all the green parts of the plant are poisonous as well. The berries are edible after cooking and may be used to make jams, jellies, chutneys, and sauces. In Scandinavia and also in Germany, soup made from the elderberry is considered a traditional meal. The flower heads and berries are often used in infusions across Europe, sold as cordials, wines, sparkling wines, gins, and all sorts of libations. 
The flowers may also be dipped into a light batter and then fried to make elderflower fritters, which I will be trying out this summer when it's in bloom. The history of elder among the Native American communities is extensive and used for a diverse number of ailments. Elder has been used in traditional traditional Austrian medicine internally for treatment of disorders of the respiratory tract, mouth, gastrointestinal tract, and skin, and for viral infections, fevers, colds, and influenza. The first book about medicinal properties of the plant was written by German physician Martin Blockwich in the 1620s. So that's a bit of history and culture. Now let's talk about some of the benefits and modern uses of elder for our well-being. In this segment of the episode, I'm going to group the benefits into two categories, internal and external. Externally, elder is beneficial for our skin in a few ways. The flowers are astringent, which cause the contraction of tissues, primarily the skin, and it's also an emollient, which increases skin hydration by reducing evaporation. To add to that, it's a diaphoretic at the same time, inducing sweat. These combination of these three actions, as well as the antioxidant properties, would keep the skin in its best possible condition. Antioxidants are an internal benefit, too, which leads me to that. Elderberries contain a lot of great nutrients like vitamin A, B, and a large dose of vitamin C. They also produce many secondary metabolites like tannins, amino acids, carotenoids, and flavonoids. Secondary metabolites are interesting to me. These are constituents that the plant creates not for its own growth or development or reproduction, but to interact with other species. For example, a plant might produce a secondary metabolite to protect itself from herbivores or plant eaters. What's even more interesting to me is human consumption of these secondary metabolites usually benefit our body, including a vast array of protective effects against viruses, bacteria, and protozoan parasites. That's food for thought. Flavonoids in particular are believed to account for the therapeutic actions of the elderflowers and berries, one of which is anthocyanins. These are powerful antioxidants that protect cells against damage. Anthocyanins make foods those vibrant colors of blue, purple, and magenta that we're so drawn to. It's what we notice in the wild. Although there's little research thus far, I'm not alone in thinking that this is not a coincidence, but perhaps a human instinct, that we seek out these colorful medicinal plants. Anthocyanins are known to improve cholesterol levels and blood sugar. It's also said to fight oxidative stress, which can play a role in heart disease. Regular intake of anthocyanins can prevent high blood pressure, another major risk factor with heart disease. As far as actions, there are quite a few internal actions. Elder is an alterative. It supports the body in its natural cleansing process. It's also an expectorant, which aids in expelling mucus from the airways, and a demulcent, which soothes inflammation or irritation, promotes urination as a diuretic, and they're also a mild laxative, promoting healthy movement of the digestive system. So when you're ill, these are the types of actions that you are looking for, and they're all in one plant. 
elder is probably most considered as a flu remedy. It directly inhibits the influenza's virus's ability to form effectively halting the spread of the virus within two days. Just last year, a paper titled Anti-Influenza Activity of Elderberry in the Journal of Functional Foods states research findings that com compounds from elderberries states research findings that compounds from elderberries can directly inhibit the virus's entry and replication in human cells and can help strengthen a person's immune response to the virus. Quote, it inhibits the early stages of an infection by blocking key viral proteins responsible for both the viral attachment and entry into the host cells, end quote. Elderberry has been proven effective against eight different influenza viruses, and this is interesting. Flu vaccines can only pr protect you from the form of the latest strain of the virus, and it mutates frequently, requiring a new vi vaccine to be created each year. However, most studied strains of influenza so far seem to use the exact same mechanism to penetrate host cells. This means that elder has the ability to attack all influenza strains the same way. And therefore, it's my opinion that it has the potential to be the most effective weapon against influenza out there today. So there you have it, folks. Elder is a powerful weapon against illness and a great remedy for the skin. It's definitely something that we use around here regularly. If you want to keep some on hand, I carry it as flowers as well as berries for just $6 per ounce each. You can find each of these items on my website at kinfolkherbs.com. Now it's time for the DIY segment. Today I'm sharing a simple recipe for elderberry bombs. These bombs are actually what's known in the herbalism world as electuaries. Electuaries are basically powdered herbs binded with honey or any other syrupy type sweetener. So you can actually play around with this rep recipe by adding things like echinacea or cinnamon. But to keep it simple, we're just going to use the elderberries as, the, as our herb. You'll need to powder the berries first. To do this, you can use a coffee grinder, a food processor, or a mortar and pestle. Grind them up as fine as you can. The smaller the particular particulates, the better here. When you're going, then you're going to add just a tiny bit of honey to form a dry paste. Keep adding the herbal powder and honey until you get the desired consistency. You should be able to roll it between your fingers without making a sticky mess but it should be wet enough to stick together. And that's all there is to it. Like I said, you can grind up other herbs to incorporate here as well to best suit your needs, but I think elderberries are powerful enough to stand alone. So if you want to try your hand at this super simple recipe, I have the ingredients. I'd love to hear how you use elder. Leave me a comment. And if you have questions, you can email me at info at if you'd like to have a hard copy of Herb of the Week, you can sign up for that as well as other goodies. Just subscribe with your email address and I'll send you all sorts of great info. That concludes this episode of Herb of the Week. Thanks so much for listening and stay well, folks. <music>